All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Mostly Ghostly. I'm your co-host, Matthew Fisher, with my co-host, Ray Booten, over here. Um, Death Valley, you're over in Death Valley, he's coming from. Death Valley? No, Uh, maybe not. I was trying to get... I can think of worse places to be. No, I agree with that. I was trying to think of a creepy, creepy places as we approach Halloween. We should. Uh, we have one more episode before our big Halloween extravaganza mashup episode. And um, every time we, we we touch in before that, we should be closer and closer to a horrifying place. I'm coming from Castle uh, Castlevania, the video game, right now. Actually, <laughs> that's where I'm broadcasting from. But uh, yeah, Halloween's amongst us, and we're uh, we're kind of contemplating, throwing around some ideas. You know, what would be a good thing to tap into uh, around this holiday season? You know, ghost stories are great, um, and, and and you know all of the folklore stuff we know people like a lot. So we thought urban legends would be uh, one of those fun things to tap into the psyche, the horror in everybody's hearts. You got it. What, what what are some of your favorite urban legends uh, as a child? I remember I remember the one about the people on the lovers' lane where they hear some scratching or something in the car. They get freaked and they go to drive away. And then when they finally stop, they look outside. There are scratches and there's a hook on the, the handle of the car. Very yeah, famous. Yeah. The old hook one there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like the the hook one was very famous. Even you know your your Candy Mans and your your Bloody Marys are urban legends. Um, I had the stories I've told in the past of those of uh, you know I had my own Candyman experience where I was I just picked up the new Soundgarden Super Unknown album. Um, rest in peace, Chris Cornell. He's in the Super Unknown right now. But I picked that up and I did the Candy. I was looking through the case. And uh, I, I took the, the sleeve out, and you know how you get, like, the reflection in the, the the plastic? And for some whatever reason, I did the Candyman three times. And as God is my witness, I seen <laughs> a shadow move behind me in the reflection, and it scared the shit out of me. I had to go downstairs and hang with the fam, um, cool down, you know what I mean? There's that, and then the Bloody Mary one is there is a, Story or so in like pre pre junior high, I even think real young. Um, <coughs> some girls in the they went into the girls' room and supposedly did the Bloody Mary in the bathroom, and uh, the lights flickered and they heard uh, werewolf sounds supposedly, and they attempted to get out of the bathroom and they couldn't. They, it, it, it seemed as if the door was locked from the other side. I always wondered how much of that was urban, you know, how much of that was was uh, a tall tale. You know, but yeah, the urban legends, I mean, it's pretty much, you know, just, you know, like a fictional story, if you will, or something that is kind of passed around, you know, we talk about, sometimes we'll talk about uh, some of these things on the show. We say, you know, they've been kind of just passed down from, from generation to generation and such and culture to culture. And that's why they're, they've become so prominent, you know what I mean? And that's kind of the the deal, the main deal of an urban legend. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. You know, 
It's, now, I remember we we talked about one uh, when we did a series of haunted places in Massachusetts. There was a lake that yeah. this, uh, I believe, this Native American lady was supposed to haunt, and it had to do with being either a jilted lover or wasn't she threw herself in. But if you do some research, that thing travels. The same thing is in Europe, and it goes back centuries, and people just bring it with them. There's a lake, and it starts up all over again. Yeah. Yeah, urban legends, it's, they're very fun because they're, they are what's passed off as kids. You know, you talk about these things and such. And as adults, as we are adults, talking about urban legends, you know. Uh, speak for yourself. I'm not growing up. I'm not growing up. Well, there's, it's better than the um, the alternative, right? If you think about it, maybe. Which alternative are you talking about? Dying off? Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm staying forever young. You could be a vampire, I guess, to go back to another episode, previous the previous episode. I, th- I think it'd be more fun to be a ghost. Then you just pop in and out of where you want and spook people. Is Forever Young, is that Sting? Is that who did that song? No idea. I want to be forever young. I know Jay-Z did a cover of it later in life. Um, but yeah, we well, got I'll, a list. Yeah. I'll, correct, I'll correct that. It's not really Forever Young. Immature, maybe, but not young. <laughs> forever immature. <laughs> immature. Oh, yeah. I like that. Who wants to be mature? It's like manure. It's too close to manure. Who wants to be manure? Yep, that stinks. Uh, you better believe that. <laughs> very good, very good. Um, I thought it'd be kind of cool to roll through a big list of uh, urban legends and comment on them. Uh, a lot of them I didn't know about and some of them I did. And um, what better time to talk about all these weird things that could be out there roaming this earth with us? of a high capacity of all smorgasbord of different type of weird things, you know? This this is it. This is the time. It's perfect. It's a perfect. Well, without further ado, we'll roll into them. And, you know, hope we don't want any urban legends to feel left out if we missed you. This is just kind of like, a, I fear it's a fair, a fair list. Um, I'm sure not everything is mentioned. But I scanned through, and this is a, a good amount of uh, the real deal out there of, uh, of what we know to be. Uh, and real quick, have you seen the fi- any of the urban legend films? I believe there was two of them. Uh, no, I haven't. With Robert Englund. The first one's actually pretty fun. They tried to make a, a slasher series revolving around uh, like a person that killed according to urban legends. You know what I mean? The first one was fun. The second one I might may not have even seen. So that could be fun, too. I guess I shouldn't talk shy. I told her about it. All right. Right off the bat, we're going to go alphabetical. Uh, we know people like that type of thing. It keeps everybody feel like they're learning if they're doing their ABCs in order. You know what I mean? While, while there, it's multiple layers of learning. Um, <laughs> our, our first one up is uh, aerial water bomber picking up the scuba diver. You know what I mean? Now, I remember this one. And uh, 
to, for anybody who has it, it's about a, a water bomber, you know, a helicopter with uh, dangling the, the water bucket. They go to scoop up the water out of like ponds and oceans for big fires type deal. And I guess they scooped up uh, water out of a pond or a lake or whatever that actually had a swimmer within it. So they dumped this this scuba diver, unfortunately, on this forest fire. And I believe they found him hanging from a tree or something crazy like that. Um, you know, the urban legends debunking. Let me see here. They, uh, they, they, it was dumping an urban legend debunking site. Snopes.com reports that there is no proven case of this happening in reality. The Discovery Channel show Mythbusters also disproved the myth. I mean, it doesn't see, it seems like something that could be possible. I think that's why it was created. But it was one of, one of those real freak of nature things, you know what I mean? I think that would have to happen. Have you heard this one before? I've heard that one. There are two ways that they get water. One of them is uh, actually through a large uh, tube. And it's, it is large, but not large enough to uh, get a person. Another one where they actually get down and do skim or scoop the water up. That one, it could happen. Yeah. But it's high, it's kind of unlikely because even that, the opening isn't very large. It'd have to be a precise hit on a swimmer a certain way uh, for them to fit in there. Maybe he had uh, beef with the Clintons or something. Oh, uh, well, you know, that automatically makes it possible. Uh, can, yeah, if it was a big forest <laughs> fire next to like a pond, I could almost see them scooping water like that. But for, I want to say that with this story, there was like a, a large amount of uh, miles in between where he supposedly got picked up and where he was dropped. Yeah, th- that one is. Uh, I don't know. I have trouble believing that one as uh, as being real. I yeah. mean, at one time I did look at the. I actually looked at the planes they use. And I looked at how they did it, and my mind goes, nah, maybe a small dog or something, but not a person. Truth. Yeah, so we'll probably say that's a falsehood. We'd, we'd probably have to put a big false on that one. Um, next up would be the ankle. Ankle. I've got to do a burp, excuse me. The ankle slicing car thief or the man under the car. An urban legend that tells uh, of a driver that keeps hearing noises under the car and then when they're driving and when they step out of the car to investigate, their ankles are slashed open with a knife, uh, like Pet cemetery. And when they are rolling around on the ground in pain, the car thief emerges from underneath the car and steals it. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's almost like a fear of everybody getting out of a car at night almost, you know what I mean? That's where I think that stems from, especially oh, like, like maybe ladies. Yeah, it's a lot like you know hanging your foot off the edge of the bed. What's going to grab it, sort of thing. When you yes. go to when you go to sleep, you know, don't hang your foot off out of the covers because something's going to reach up and grab you. Right. Uh, again, if, if I apply logic to that, the space underneath the car, number one, is not that big unless you're talking about a jacked up truck or SUV, mm. and where a person could hang on for any length of time if they could. I mean, that would be really, really difficult. If they could, then uh, they could pull it off. But the idea, I don't know uh, when the last time anybody ever did, did anything what they used to call monkey bars or did any rope climbs or something. You can't hang on that long. And if you're on the bottom of a moving vehicle, too. 
Yeah, you got a hot muffler, you got moving, you got a drive shaft, all this stuff moving, and you got to find a spot, and then you have to hold on. I got some serious doubts on that one. This one, at the end of it, he, he steals your car. He doesn't exactly kill you. So, like, this is more like practical than ghostly, you know, a monster. Like, like the idea of a monster, uh, even a monster human that is just killing you for the sport of the kill, um, is more would be more scarier than somebody stealing your car. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people just give the keys up instead of getting their their Achilles heel slashed out, which I think. Just the, the thought of that is making a lot of people get the tingles, you know what I mean? And go, ooh, that would fucking hurt. I don't want to feel that. So I think a lot of that fear comes to it. Just like the thing with like, uh, you ever see like those weird videos? I think Jackass did it where they did like the paper cuts in between the toes and stuff. And it's just like, ooh, I mean, it's not a lot of damage, but just watching it, it's like, ah, you can feel it. <laughs> I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's one of those deals, the same thing with the Achilles heel. Whenever I think of that, I always go right back to Pet Cemetery when the uh, Herman Munster gets his Achilles heel chopped off by uh, Gage. Then he chops his mouth. Whoop! Um, yeah, so that you, what do you, that one's probably. I think that's more of a based off of a fear thing of like I, uh, you know. I I agree. I mean, it's more the childish fear of something reaching out of the dock and grabbing you. Something along those lines, like I said, the foot off the bed or, you know, something hiding in your closet that reaches out and grabs you. They just transferred it to a car once cars came around. True. And it's just a way of stealing a car. And as far as stealing a car goes, that's a hell of a lot of trouble. And you're taking a high risk just to get a car. Yeah. I'd rather do it when it's abandoned or an ambush or something. But not that I do steal cars, but there's got to be better ways. There's got to be better ways than hanging underneath and waiting and slashing ankles just to crawl out and try and get in a car. Yeah. All I can think of is, was it De Niro is Max Cady in Cape Fear hanging under a car and like everything else was a comedic. Um, Cause it's, I don't think it's, it's very unrealistic for anything to be able to do that would kind of have to be in, unhuman to uh, to begin with, which makes it scarier. You know what I mean? So uh, next up, we enter the bees, and uh, we got a baby train. Uh, baby train is an urban legend which claims that a small town had an unusually high birth rate because a train would pass through the town at 5 a.m., and blow its whistle, waking up the residents. Since it was too late to go back to sleep and too early to get up, couples would have sex. Uh, this resulted in a mini baby boom. What do you think of that? Oh, that uh, yeah, that's kind of stretching it if you need that train sound to do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you're going to be irritated. You're not exactly going to be thinking lustfully. Even though it is in the morning, where I no, hear that, people, I hear I hear people are are lustful in the morning. Uh, that to me, that's a little out there. I mean, I live in a town that uh, there are some haunted. The tracks are gone, but the area where the tracks were are still there. Yeah, I used to I used to live down the street from it. Okay, and there had there had been people some accidents and people who had been killed on those tracks, which are supposed to be haunted. There's no tracks anymore. Just the clearing they used to 
used to be on going through the wooded area. And where I used to live, you could at night hear that train coming through. Yeah. You'd hear the train, this train sound in the horn, but there weren't any tracks. So I, I've heard a ghost train. Okay. But I used to live near a haunted area and could hear it. But, you know, personally, I don't think I need some, uh, train blowing its whistle if I want to get something on early in the morning and a whole town full of babies because of that. I think they, they were just looking for an excuse to explain why they had so many kids. Yeah. When I read, when I read baby train, I was thinking it was going to be a lot more uh, gruesome or, or worse than it was like the townspeople threw the kids in front of the train to get rid of them or something. And now they're hunted. But the baby train is almost like uh has no place on mostly ghostly. That's a terrible story. No, yeah, that's 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 more like a that's a joke. That's not a uh, a really creepy thing. Yeah. Next up is something that I want to do an episode on. Uh, we've talked a little bit about this in the in the past. That is black eyed children. Um, black eyed children or black eyed kids are an urban legend of supposed paranormal creatures that resemble children between the ages of 6 and 16, with pale skin and black eyes who are reportedly seen hitchhiking or panhandling or are encountered on doorsteps of resident homes, which is where I hear, that's what I mainly hear, is the door showing up at your doorstep. Um, Tales of black-eyed children have appeared in pop culture since the late 1990s. Now, were you familiar with black-eyed children, Ray? Do you remember? Um, I remember we talked about it at one point. No, I'm not familiar with them. And um, me and Dave the Maggot would talk about the Black Eyed Kids because they had a, it, it's a newer thing, like they said, in the in 90s, you know, late 90s. It's almost like a creepy pasta type thing like we've talked about before where uh, there's these ghouls that show up at your door and knock on your door and, you know, you go to your door, you look out the window or whatever, and they're out there and they're, they're, they're all hooded up. They're pale. They have the black eyes. You know what I mean? Like looking as, you know, like it's looking, you couldn't look anymore. Don't let these people into my house. And they asked for you to let them in and help them. They said they were an accident or something like that. And, uh, supposedly if you open up your door for them, that's a wrap. But, um, yeah, they're they're more of a modern one. I want to do an episode on it because they're very interesting and very creepy. You know what I mean? But this could still be, I could see this being something that is fake. You know, just a group of young kids, you know, showing up at somebody's house that don't want them there and just kind of torment them a little bit. You know, and it could stem from something like that. I, I can see the creep factor on yeah. several levels. Uh, one is it's always creepier when a child is involved. Yeah. So I, let's I, say you have a possessed a possessed child or an evil child with black eyes. Uh, that's a whole lot creepier than an adult. Not that an adult wouldn't be creepy. Right. But you know your your instinct is not to strike out at a child. It's just to be freaked out by that thing. Yeah. And yeah, they they share something with vampires that they can't come into your home unless they're invited. Yeah. So you you have to let them in, otherwise they just stalk you outside. But a bunch of little kids with these demonic black eyes looking back at you, uh, that's kind of like, to me. That's more like t- something you'd scare your kids with to keep them in the house and not go wandering off. 
you know, those black eyed kids are going to get you. You're going to become one of them. You're going to become yeah. a ghost or evil. And, you know, your kid goes, no, nah, I don't want to go out. No, 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 I'll I stay can, in. I, I can even picture parents telling their kids that about like bad kids, not to hang out with bad kids. You know what I mean? Kids oh, yeah. You'll turn into a black eyed kid. Troubled. Those kids at school that are trouble, not doing their homework and t- talking about the teachers behind their backs. When they go home, they're black-eyed children. What I will say, though, that uh, what may be behind some of it, yeah, and we've discussed it before, is that evil likes to use the appearance of the innocence to get to you. True. And they use the appearance of a child to be able to lure you in to open the door or welcome it in before you notice what's going on. That part of it could be very real. Yeah. A good way to suck innocent people into uh, being manipulated and used because evil's the great trickster and a child is something that very few adults uh, can resist helping or reaching out to. Yeah. So there could be some fact behind it, but I think it's been embellished a lot. Truth. True. Yeah, it's very one. It's one of the my more one of my more favorite urban legends of current time. Um, next up is Black Volga, refers to a Black Volga limousine that was allegedly used to abduct people, especially children. Uh, I can see that being a nice little urban legend. One of those keep an eye out, maybe more scare the children type deal. I think there's a lot of scare the children type deal in urban legends. You know what I mean? My town had a white van, which it actually at a point there was a point when the white van actually made a cameo in the Wicked Hollows film that me and Ray are doing in the soon future. But um, it was a white van that would come around and abduct children. That was our our little town's urban legend. One of them. How do you, you ever heard anything about Black Volga? I mean, it's very, I'm assuming a limousine, black limousine that cruises around and picks up kids and it's like Jeffrey Epstein or some shit like that. The fuck I is that? See, I could see it that, you know, all it would have to happen is, you know, it occurs once or twice and it goes into the legend. And part of that legend may not be so bad because it's a caution against uh, pedophiles and kidnapping, et cetera. I really but, think that, yeah, yeah. yeah it, 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 it is something there which uh, may have some truth behind it, sadly enough. Uh, yeah, because the, the limousine, the black limousine, like that's exactly what that sounds like, like some dark Illuminati or some dark Hollywood celebrity weird pedophile ring shit where like, you know, money, money rolls up on the corner. You hop in there, you think maybe you're going to get some money, something good's going to happen or something. Next thing you know, you're fucking dead. You're a kid who's fucking dead now. And uh, this thing's worse than death, I guess. So hopefully that didn't go down. Hopefully they didn't get the two-for-one deal, which is terrible. You know what I mean? So I, I think that, yeah, there may be some truth behind that one. Yeah, uh, that's dark. Yeah. A real dark after it occurred a few times and it started to build. Yeah. Um, next up is the Blue Star Tattoo Legend. Now, this refers to a modern legend that LSD tabs, uh, you know, for people, you, it's a drug that you take. Uh, I'm letting Ray know. I don't think Ray knows about LSD. You take this drug and you hallucinate. Uh, these tabs are being distributed 
as lick and stick temporary tattoos to children. I've heard that urban legend before too, and it could have very well have turned. There's a lot of sick and crazy people out there that, you know, there's people that put razor blades and apples and candies and shit on Halloween. Uh, so everybody be on the lookout for that stuff. I'm sure people have put acid, uh, it, it, you know, to, to a person that would regularly do acid. That's the thing is they don't really look at acid as being har- harmful. They look at it as I'm giving someone a free trip, man. You know what I mean? Like they don't, they know that it's fucking with them, but they're, they're not trying to kill them type deal. That's what I assume. Um, but I've heard about this case of uh, the kids getting the tattoos and it being acid. And that would work, uh, realistically. It would, it would, you know, it would give them a trip. Um, I don't know if it would actually form a, form a tattoo and, like, chill on their arm while they're tripping, getting the, getting the douse, or um, if it's just one of those things that it's a gag and there's no tattoo after. It's just, like, a mess on your arm, but that mess is LSD soaking into your skin. Um but yeah, I believe that something like this is possible and probably has happened before. How do you feel about that, Ray? I agree. I think it uh, probably happened. Um, how many cases, I don't know. Unfortunately, most people refuse to admit how yeah. what the evil potential is in people. Mm. And that's why they tend to back on a lot of things or call it conspiracy or right. just deny it. But... Um, yeah, I was, uh, I hit college late 60s, early 70s. So you're talking uh, the Woodstock generation and all of that. So being familiar with it, uh, from that, the old saying, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah. Being that, that generation. Um, I, could, I could see where, yeah, there were some sick people, that whether they were, blasted out of their mind and didn't realize what they were doing and thought it would be funny or were just evil. And yeah. uh, the easiest target would be a kid. Yeah, put this guy do on. Then they'd laugh and they walk away as the kid freaks out. There are nasty people out there sad enough and we can't uh, just deny them. They won't go away. Yeah, you know, they say a lot of drug uses, to, you know, people feel like garbage and they don't want to feel anything so they take drugs and if you were feeling garbage, you would want to make, uh, you would want to fuck with some kids like that, I assume. Next, next up, you have any, do you have anything else to say about giving no. children with LSD? No, but I think, unfortunately, there may be some reality behind that. Yeah, I think so. Um, it is a lot better than killing the children, but who knows who's to say what happens to their mind from that, that you know what I mean? Next up is probably one of the biggest ones of all time. We, we spoke about it a little bit, a little earlier in the show. Uh, that, that, that America's sweetheart, Bloody Mary, you know what I mean? Folklore, <laughs> the folklore consisting of a ghost or a spirit uh, conjured to reveal the future. Now, the future thing, I never knew about that. Uh, she is said to appear in the mirror when her name is called multiple times. The Bloody Mary apparition may be... Uh, Denine or malevolent, depending on the historic ver- variations of the legend. Uh, the Bloody Mary appearance are mostly appearances are mostly witnessed in a group participation game. Okay, I guess so. I mean, the 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 story that I had to go with it was a group of girls. You know what I mean? 
Maybe the only way I to could... survive it is to be a group. What were you going to say, Ray? I was going to say that once you get a group together with a, with an intent, yeah, and they all, all have that same intention and put their mind to it and that energy to it, whether it is an actual Bloody Mary or that's just a vehicle for something to come through. I mean, you're open. You're opening a portal there. It's no different than, uh, well, slightly different, but similar to a séance or yeah. anything else where you have an or a Ouija board. You're doing the same thing. You're opening a portal. So, can something come through, even in the form of this uh, Bloody Mary? Because that's what you're expecting. Definitely, there's definitely uh, some truth to that. The potential there to bring something through using that ritual. Yeah. Yeah. We that should- one. That one, that one, uh, I'd say, in one form or another, is true. Do you know, is it supposed to be the, the mother of Jesus, Mary? Is that who that's supposed nope. to be? Nope. No? Don't know where they came up with the name Mary, but uh, not, the, not to my knowledge. That's very interesting, you know what I mean? Um, you know, the whole Mary thing, you know... Bloody, it appears historically the, the divination ritual encourages uh, young women to walk up a flight of stairs backwards holding a candle and a hand mirror in a darkened house. As they gazed into the mirror, they were supposed to be able to catch a view of their future husband's face. There was, however, a chance that they would see a skull on the face of the Grim Reaper instead indicating that they were going to die before they would have a chance to marry. In the ritual of today, Bloody Mirror allegedly appears to individuals or groups who ritualistically invoke her name in an act of uh, catamancy. This is done by repeatedly chanting her name into a mirror placed in a dimly lit or candlelit room. I know about the, just say it three times, but they say in some traditions the name must be repeated 13 times or even more times. Uh, and and the, her apparition allegedly appears as a corpse, witch or a ghost that can be friendly or evil and is sometimes seen covered in blood. The lore surrounds the ritual states that participants may endure the apparition screaming at them, cursing them, strangling them, stealing their soul, drinking their blood or scratching their eyes out. Some variations of the ritual called Bloody Mary by a different name as Hell Mary and Mary Worth. Uh, those are popular examples of it. And modern legend of Hanoko-san in Japan strongly parallels the Bloody Mary mythology. So I guess she was somebody that they were in. in, in it started with that walking up the stairway thing and... Uh, which was very, that's creepy in itself. And, you know, we're going back to a time when they were kind of more, the occult stuff was more common and commonplace, you know, more out in the open. So like them doing, walking up, doing crazy things like walking up a dark staircase with a candle backwards with a mirror looking over your shoulder is probably something commonly practiced. You know what I mean? And just doing the weird stuff like that, putting the faith in the stuff to do it, gives that stuff energy and power as well. Yeah, it sounds like this, but as it bounces around from different cultures, it's collected different or been modified by different cultures, but there's probably some truth behind that divination and that summoning 
in the original stories. And like you just said, uh, you're giving it power to come through and you don't know what's coming through. You're not exactly right. doing a protected uh, ritual there. You're opening a door. So yeah, something nasty could come through at you. It's crazy. Uh, next up is another BM, the male side of things, I guess. The Bunny Man. Uh, Bunny Man is an urban legend that uh, probably originated from two incidents in Fairfax County, Virginia in 1970, but has been spread throughout the Washington, D.C. area. There are many variations to the legend, but most involve a man wearing a rabbit costume uh, who attacks people with an axe. Hmm. Okay. That one's kind of lame. That one's kind of lame, I will say. That sounds like the most like a like a like a two cent fucking horror movie. You know what I mean? Well, the, I've actually saw one that didn't involve an axe, but it was a giant bunny that was attacking and killing people. Uh, one cheap horror film. It was good for laughs. Yeah, you could tell it was someone in a large suit creeping up on people in a bunny costume. Uh, but yeah, that that's that's something that uh, if someone said, "Hey, man." I'll give a bunny an axe. We'll have him kill people. Yeah, cool, dude. You know, and they yeah. made a film or told a story. I mean, that that is like okay, bunny man. Yep, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like killer clowns, bunny man. Just put something and dress someone up and say, "Look at that killer!" Wow. Yeah, last uh, Easter, me and Mel watched a lot of how like Easter based bunny horror movies, and um, there was some decent ones, but. There was a lot of garbage. Um, but yeah, this one just seems like a complete, like, I don't know if I believe in this one. This is more of like, I guess, I guess it wouldn't work for a bunny man thing because it's an innocent thing that would be going around doing slaughtering. It's almost like the clown aspect of the original clown aspect with the, the killer clown, you know, well, wasn't, Gacy, thing. Whoop, whoop. wasn't Gacy a clown. Gacy was a clown. Pogo, the clown. Yeah. Yeah, so who knows? Maybe there was a guy who did a bunny suit thing. I don't know, but it's... I'm it sure, yeah. It, yeah, even if someone just heard the legend and said, oh, that'd be a cool... It's kind of like the Slender Man thing, which I'm sure is on the list. Um, next up, uh, the Castilian Lisp. Um, an urban legend claiming that the prevalence of the sound in Spanish... Uh, can be traced back to a Spanish king who spoke with a lisp and whose uh, pronunciation spread by prestige borrowing to the rest of the population. This myth has been discredited by scholars for lack of evidence. I don't quite understand this one. He has a lisp, and when I guess that I, he, he changed the way they said words or something, is that what that was? My guess is probably, and that may have to do an old prejudice with anybody with had any sort of um, anything was impaired or anybody that was different. So they built a legend around him initially, probably just to make fun of him. Uh, People can be mean. Yeah. Well, there was a, like it said what the sound was, but the sound was like a weird, I don't even know. It's like a weird symbol. It's not even like a, like a word or anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's believable, you know, it's like accents and all that stuff, you know what I mean? That's tra- stuff like that travels, you know, you'll see, 
you'll you'll meet people from Detroit that you know talk like cowboys because they want to be perceived as cowboys. You know what I mean? But never been in the South a day in their life. Um, next up is another big famous one, you know, and that is the chupacabra. Um, you know, Spanish came from you know the Spanish side of things from chubara, uh, meaning to suck. And cabra means goat. Literally, so the term literally means goat sucker, um, which sounds like a gigantic insult. Uh, it's a legendary cryptid rumored to inhabit parts of the Americas, with the first sightings reported in Puerto Rico. The name comes from the animal's reported habit of attacking and drinking the blood of livestock, especially goats. I like that lighting a lot on your face, Ray. Unfortunately, we're not doing video, but that looks good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a chupacabra. I thought that was chupacabra. Yeah, so chupacabra, you know... What we talked about, we did, we talked about this to an extent in, in, in previous episodes, but we, we agree that there's probably something like that, right? I think we agreed or we agreed that, you know, maybe somebody that was born, maybe a little, a little not, not, not quite like everybody else. Maybe they had more hair or maybe they had some disfigured uh, elements to them and they were left to live in the feral life and not now they're more animal than, human and they have that look and they just that's how i think these things are made what's your take i agree i mean they could have been could have been somebody whether they uh did it along the circumstances you just mentioned uh whether it was a deformity and they were thrown out of society and had to live on their own or whether it was just some sick individual that uh took off over there that was the way they had of uh feeding themselves or getting back at people. I mean, if if you're talking in some cultures, uh, if you go back a ways, whatever you had, whether it was sheep or goats or whatever, that was what your worth was. It was how it was, it was measured in certain uh, cultures, uh, how big your herd was. And one thing to do is go around and uh, freak out these people that are raising the animals by uh, chewing them up, sucking the blood out of them, uh, yeah. So it 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 would it would work in that sort of environment, uh, whether like you said it was somebody who was uh, ostracized by society, thrown out there for some deformity, or whether just some sick individual that went around and did this. Of course, you also got to figure there might be a cryptid out there. I mean, we we know I think it was a Healy camp that fish that was supposed to be um, extinct millions of years ago. They caught one off the coast of Africa, so there may be some kind of hybrid. Uh, animal out there that was doing it also that can never be uh, left out I mean more so the ocean I feel that things the ancient creatures can survive there because they just kind of dip into the deep darkness um, where like land creatures are more it's more difficult for them to survive out here you know within the woods you know in places where it's just vast woods and stuff it's easier in mountains and stuff but you know, like when I hear things about Bigfoot living in fucking the South Shore of Massachusetts, like I, I don't know <laughs> if I quite believe that because there we do have areas that are very wooded, but like when you really think of a creature like that living for so long out there undetected, I mean, uh, I don't know. It's possible, I guess, but I find it a little more far fetched. Whereas in a forest, a gigantic 
you know, like God knows what's in the rainforest. If there even is a rainforest anymore, they're tearing it down, aren't they, to build them all? Oh, I I agree. If you talk, you talk like some of the wilds of Alaska and out in the Midwest, or even in some Asian countries that still have heavy forested areas. Yeah. Um, and you're talking thousands of acres or thousands of miles. There can be stuff in there we don't know about. Right. If you're if you're talking about an island like Puerto Rico, maybe once upon a time there was, and that's where the legend came from. But I doubt if there's any any now or any left over. Uh, yeah, okay. there, there's no way is that big enough to sustain a population for reproduction, for food, territory. You just can't do it in a confined area. Yeah. It's true. It's all about real estate. The next one up is uh, kind of a terrible one. You know what I mean? I had a, I had a, I had a bite of trail mix to show the, my lack of respect for the next one. That is cow tipping. That's right, Ray, cow tipping. Um, purported activity of sneaking up on an unsuspecting poor old sleeping upright cow and pushing it over for entertainment. Now, you've heard of that, I'm sure, right? Yeah, I've heard about it. You'd never do something like that, would you, right? No, I wouldn't bother a poor, uh, poor cow. What do you think of people that would do that? Uh, total disregard for life and any an animal life. Uh, only interested in their own amusement, their own uh, yeah, amusement and fun to be able to do that. Whether they could or not, uh, better hope the cow doesn't wake up. But I don't know. I, I, I think that might be a possibility, but that's just some sick individuals out there. That's very dangerous for multiple reasons. You could get kicked. Um, and I forget exactly what the hoof, what they call that. That might be what they call it, the hoof. That thing is uh, sharp. So when that cuts open your belly, not only does your belly get cut open, but you get all that shit that it steps on all the time now in your bloodstream. So you might be taking a nap. For a, You might be taking a long nap. And then if it was the jerk or something and somehow land on top of you, cows are uh, cows are heavy things, you know what I mean? It's not something you want dead weight just falling, you know, four feet right onto your ribcage. That might that might make you take a nap too, you know what I mean? You got to be pretty, uh, you got to be crafty to get out of that situation. But, you know, there, there is karma in the world, you know, so you got to be careful with stuff like that. I'd say that what happens is you go out at night and you do some cow tipping. It goes wrong. That thing uh, nails you and cuts you open. You're lying in a field, dying and bleeding. Maybe during the course of the night, a few coyotes come by and catch a snack. Yep. Help you out, huh? The whole herd has moved on. And the next morning when the farmer goes out there, he goes, Oh, my God, the chubacabra got you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You got that right. Maybe that's why they put them together like that. Damn. Ray, I think you're on to something. I think the, the people the window get tipped the cows. Man. Or it was like cow justice because 
the other cows, cows were like, you killed a human, dude. We're all fucked. So they had to, like, kill the cow and get rid of the human body. And then they blamed Chupacabra. Well, I, I think it is more interesting if you can blame Chupacabra yeah. than a cow. I mean, like, how do you die a cow? People laugh. Right. Well, they shouldn't, they shouldn't laugh because it's a death, but you know. Yeah. Oh, know. how did he cow? How did he die? It was a chubacabra. Oh, you know, one makes a better story than the other. True fact. Yeah. Um, next up is a, something we did an episode on not too long ago. A um, very interesting subject. This is the creepy pasta. You know, a horror related legends or images that have been copy and paste it around the internet these internet entries are often brief user generated paranormal stories intended to scare readers they include gruesome tales of murder suicide and otherworldly occurrences people often falsely believe them to be true um we also want to comment that there's games there's like very dark and twisted games wrapped up in all that as well Anybody interested in that? We have a episode called uh, Creepy Pasta and Meatballs. We throw a little comedy in there for the kids. But uh, it's talking all about that creepy pasta craze. Now, what was your, what's your take? I know that when we first did that episode, creepy pasta was kind of new to you, right? It was, it was new to me. I've done a little bit of looking around. And uh, the thing is, it, it caught on like, yeah. like wildfire. And people are throwing all this stuff up there. But when you're looking at it very carefully, some of it is based on actual ritual and actual summonings. And that's dangerous. That's dangerous stuff because people are doing all of this unprotected and they think it's just a game. It's not necessarily a game, not when you're you're dealing with the spirit world or malevolent forces. That, That can be dangerous. It's true. Next up is another terrible one. Uh, the Curse of the Bambino. I like that. Uh, the superstition evolving the failure of Boston Red Sox baseball team to win the World Series in the 86-year uh, period from 1918 to 2004. While some fans look the curse uh, seriously, most uh, most of us just look at it as a joke. You know what I mean? Something to sell T-shirts and shit, which is what I think it is, just something to tell, sell T-shirts. What's your take on that? Uh, People are looking for an an excuse for not winning. And if they can turn it around into making making money out of it, T-shirts or whatever, they'll do it. Baseball is religion to some people, so they could wrap their brain around anything and believe anything. Um, Next up is Hanako-san. Uh, this is a Japanese urban legend of the spirit of a young girl who haunts school bathrooms. Uh, this was kind of tied to the Bloody Mary thing from earlier. It can be described as yokai or yore. To summon her, individuals must enter the girl's bathroom, usually on the third floor of a school, uh, knock three times on the stall, and ask if Hanako-san is present. Knock three times on the bathroom stall if you're looking for Hanako. Um, this ties into the more of the story of the Bloody Mary thing that, that I encountered through people like third hand through my school. That's the story that happened at my school with the group of girls. Um, everything but werewolf sounds have been brought up. 
So it's interesting, but yeah, what do you think of that? Just just kind of a Japanese version of Bloody Mary for them? I would I would think so. When the story went there, it changed. Uh, you may have had um, quite often what they'll do is if there was a girl who died, let's say in a high school or in a bathroom, a particularly gruesome death, they take one story, uh, something like a Bloody Mary, and they modify it place this girl in there now she's going around uh and you can summon her and bring her back and she haunts the places where she died which you know would have been a bathroom locker room whatever and yeah, yeah i think i think it's pulling a couple of things together there to kind of make put your own twist on it uh over in japan yeah according to legend hanako-san is the spirit of a young girl who haunts school bathrooms Descri- um the details of her physical appearance vary across different sources. She is commonly described as having a bobbed haircut, um, wearing a red skirt or a dress. Um, bob haircut uh, is like a hair medium length type deal. The details of Hanako-san's origins also vary depending on the account. In some versions, Hanako-san was a child who was murdered by a stranger or an abusive parent in the school bathroom. In other versions, she was the girl who committed suicide in a school bathroom. In still other versions, she was uh, a child who was living during World War II and who was killed in an air raid while holding hiding in the school bathroom during game of hide-and-seek. Uh, the suicide one is the one that kind of struck out to me. That's keeping it very real and very kind of with the times. And I could almost assume, I could almost take that as reality back in the day and now of, of, of a very common thing. You know what I mean? You know, I could, it, this is a Japanese culture where I know that the parents are a lot more strict and pride is a bigger issue kind of, or, or more of a thing where, you know, that if the kid was kind of not, was making an embarrassment of the family, like I could almost see them killing them in the bathroom. You know what I mean? Like some weird shit like that. Uh, no offense to Japanese culture. We love them. Um, but, um, you know, stuff like that, you know, and uh, I've heard that, uh, you know, well, maybe I shouldn't go any further. I've known some people that have gone to Japan and they they came back and they've said a few things about their the way they do things are a little, you know, different, we'll say, from what we do. So and that doesn't mean they're wrong. I'm just going to say they're different, I guess. Um, but yeah, that was an interesting take on it. So like the, the, the point of the girl, if she killed herself off in the bathroom, then by all means, I feel like that would be perfect set off for something like that, you know? Well, we've often talked about, uh, when spirits haunt a place where there was yeah. trauma, where they died, etc. So, uh, she kills herself off and the story builds around that legend, around that that story it gets twisted a few times which might be why the origin changes right but uh it's to have a spirit haunting a place where they may have killed themselves that's not unusual yeah that's very common especially where like a lot of the source of that pain would have came from that school yeah and sadly a lot of her a lot of that darkness in that bathroom where she probably went to that bathroom to cry from you know, the shit she had to deal with, which sucks. Um, in, a, in a more positive note, we're going to talk about hippos eating dwarfs. Ah, horrifying. 
Uh, it was an internet spread urban legend about a circus performer being accidentally swallowed by a hip hop anonymous kid. Um, rest in peace. If that's true, I'm sure shit like that's happened. People don't understand how gigantically fucking huge hippos are. I know I didn't until I, I, I recently actually started looking into these things and they're nothing to be played with. You got, we grew up on hungry, hungry hippos. And I guess that, you know, that dude met, figured out what that game was for real. He played the virtual reality version of hungry, hungry hippos. But, um, you know, we grew up with the fun and games, but we wouldn't, I wouldn't want to square off with no hippo. That's for sure. Your take, well, Rick, your Africa, take, your take. In Africa, yeah. the number one killer of people mm-hmm. is not lions and not crocodiles. It's hippos. Uh, I believe that. They're, they're gigantic. They're huge. They're trouble. They're, they're very aggressive. The mouth with the, the those tusks in it. And they kill more people than the others. I don't think people understand how big they are. No. You know what I mean? These are bigger than cars. You know what I mean? It's like dinosaur shit. It's like you don't want to... It's crazy. You know, these we see animals in pictures and stuff, and we go, okay, that's cool. But like... Real, the real life thing is there. It's different. See them in real life. Not that I ever have, but uh, or, or kind of even want to. Um, next up, we have the hook, which was fa- a famous story told by Ray Boot at the beginning of this episode. You know what I mean? We, uh, you ever heard of Jado Rocket Car? No. Started as a Darwin Award winner, where the driver strapped a pair of jet-assisted takeoff Jado units to the rear of his car and ended up smashing into the side of the hill in Arizona. No police agency in Arizona took a report of this type of accident. The Arizona Department of Public Safety even issued a press release on their website debunking the report. The myth was also tested on the Discovery Channel show Mythbusters multiple times. Now, the one thing I'll say about that, I don't really care about this one. It's kind of lame. Uh, if the dude died, rest in peace. <laughs> so, sorry, buddy. Um, but the one thing I will say about this with Mythbusters, and I remember seeing a Mythbusters episode that's my favorite, where they took like the, they took a car and they crushed it with like a wall with jetpacks or something like that. So it just showed it showed this wall come at this car, and I remember that like it was the car was on like um, like cinder blocks. With wheels, though, but on the cinder blocks. And this thing crushed this car so quick it didn't even have time to knock it off the cinder blocks. It just went, wave. And I think it's something like that. So if this dude drove himself into a into a mountain or a hill or something, uh, rest in peace to that gentleman if he died. But they, they're saying he didn't die, so we can, we could, uh, we could joke about the, the, the fact that it didn't happen. Um, the killer in the back seat, Ray. Now, that's a very famous one. You know, the common car crime urban legend, uh, well-known mostly in the United States and the United Kingdom. The legend involves a woman who is driving uh, and being followed by a stranger in a car or a truck. The, mayor, the mysterious pursuer flashes his high beams, tailgates her, sometimes even rams her vehicle. When she finally makes it home, she realizes that the driver wasn't trying to harm her that uh, the driver was telling the teller that there was somebody hiding in her back seat. And each time the man uh, sat up to attack her, the driver behind behind had to use his high beams to scare the killer uh, to make him duck down. So, you know, that's been done in some movies as well. Um, 
you know, I want to say body bags as a segment. John Carpenter's body bags as a segment with that in it. But this is a, a classic tale. This is just like the hook story, you know, of the teenagers necking and the, the scratching and, you know, that whole deal. So it's one of those, those real famous ones that's gone back a while. Um, next up, we have one called Kill Switch. This is a fictional video game. According to the legend, this game can only be played once. Um, I have an idea how it ends now. If your character dies or you manage to complete the game, the game will delete itself and will leave no trace. It has also been cited as the primary inspiration behind the creepypasta Ben Drowned uh, urban legend, if you will. So, yeah, I mean, the, 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 with, the, with the, you know, the craze of video games, that's why we're getting... All, all these video games entered into the whole urban legend thing, you know? Yeah, I think that, uh, some, to me, that sounds more like someone said, hey, here's a cool idea. Let's freak people out. Tell them that this will happen. Right. And, it, and it, they, put it, they put it out there. Uh, that one's kind of a simple, simple version. Doesn't sound like it involves any sort of ritual or any risk, except it's kind of a dare to people. Yeah. Play this, play this game if you... If you die in a game, you'll die in life. Uh, it's, yeah, there have been movie plots like that as well. Yeah. I wonder where you get this game. It's interesting. Uh, we're not allowed to click on that one to open it up. To. There's also um, Kuchisaki Anna, which is uh, interpreted into the slit-mouthed woman. Japanese urban legend about the malevolent spirit of Onro. Uh, of a mutilated woman. She is said to be partially covered her face with the mask or object and reportedly carries a sharp tool of some kind, such as a knife or a large pair of scissors. That's a very creepy one right there. What do you think of that? Uh, it sounds like someone, someone who's been mutilated and they're trying to get revenge. It's, kind so of, it's, a, it's a good revenge story. Um uh, I would think if it was a spirit, it may not need scissors or might be difficult in using them. Uh, you the, think a spirit maybe... would even want revenge? You think a spirit would, would want revenge on random folks, though? Random folks? Um, if they were nasty in life, they were killed off in a nasty way, they may come back and continue that tradition. They're going to go after anybody they can get to. Mm. Yeah, <coughs> I think there might there might be a little bit of truth behind that one. There, it may have be, been based on a character in a haunting, some people's experiences. Yeah, <clears throat> and then it's expanded into that urban legend. A lot is added on. It's dressed up and it's spread around. It's that bad energy stuff. Yeah, yeah. The licked hand, also known as doggy lick, or humans can lick too. That's, uh, that sounds like a movie Alexander Hawk would watch. Um, it's an urban legend popular among teenagers. The story describes a killer who secretly spends the night under a girl's bed. This is definitely Alexander Hawk stuff. Licking her hand when offered, which she takes to be her doggy. So it's a story of a guy named Alex Hawk under someone's bed who licks some girl's hand and pretends to be a dog and barks and woofs all night like Alexander has been known to do. Um, I think that's more of a creep out thing, like a little a teenage girl creep out thing where they go, where they, they, you know, they get their toe licked or their, their hand licked and they go, 
ah, it's my dog. But what if that wasn't my dog? You know what I mean? I mean, that's how that stemmed. Yeah, it's a it's a creep out thing. You know, what's hiding under the bed? Creep the kid out with that. Don't dangle your foot over the edge. In this case, don't dangle your hand. Oh, something licked it. The dog's not in my room. What's under my bed? Yeah, that that's the, I think, it, a simple it, it, creep out story. Their stepdad locked up. Scariness. <laughs> so next up is uh, Madame Coco, a koi koi, I believe. An urban legend in Nigeria about a dead teacher who haunts the boarding schools. That's kind of a uh, that's kind of a cool one, you know what I mean? Uh, the, the whole the whole you know teacher deal. You know, also Miss Koi Koi is also known as Ghana, uh, as Madam High Heel or Madam Moke. Uh, Tanziana is Miss Kanoko, South Africa, as Pinky Pinky. Okay. Uh, so, anyways, this girl is uh, is a ghost in Nigerian and African urban legend who haunts dormitories. Hallways and toilets and boarding schools at night. She's often depicted wearing a pair of red heels or wearing a single heel. She is one of the most popular boarding school ghosts in Nigeria and uh, South Africa. Um, it also sounds like she was, uh, I, I don't want to sound beefy, but with the heel thing almost comes off almost like prostitute a little bit. Uh, in Nigeria, one legend, one legend says she's a beautiful teacher in a secondary school. She was known for her beauty and her red heels. Whenever she walked in the hallways, her shoes would make the sound koi koi. It also said that she was very nasty to students who uh, would beat uh, beat them up for no reason. She was hired when she w- she slapped a female student and injured her ear. On her journey back home, Madame Koi Koi was involved in an accident and died. Before she died, she swore that she would have her revenge on the school and its students. Not too long after, students of the secondary school said at night they would hear koi koi sound in the hallway of the dormitories after lights out, almost like the clicking of heels on the floor. Another story said she was beaten by some students to death and she vowed to haunt the boarding schools. That makes more sense of why she'd haunt it. Cause leading up to that, I don't really feel like there was probable reason to hate these students, to curse these students just by dying in a car accident. Well, I also accident. Think, well, what that plays a little on in the yeah. past, um, boarding schools, uh, different places of that like that, they quite often had a matron or a headmistress and the reputations of a lot of them, if you go far enough back was they were brutal. They were brutal places. Um, we don't have corporal punishment now, but you know, a kid made a mistake and stuff. They, they catch a beating. Yeah. And so if you had somebody that, uh, used to be, you know, whether it was hold back food, beat somebody, constantly put them down, uh, running a place really more like the Gestapo than anything else. Yeah. Uh, and the student's killer, yeah, she's going to come back and haunt those students. That, that I think, somewhere, if you can yeah. kind of go through it the, and weed it out in your re- origin story, you probably have some truth to that. Yeah, it's true. Uh, next up, Nali Bay, a popular folk legend which features prominently in the areas across Karnataka, um, India, 
And uh, it has been found uh, written on the walls of small towns and villages for years now. Villagers write this on walls to deter the entry of malevolent spirits into their homes. The myth is that a witch roams the streets in the night and knocks on doors. The witch apparently speaks in the voices of one's kin so that one would be deceived into opening the door. When the house dweller opens the door, they die. That's a creepy one. Another country creepy one. That's India creep one. You know what I mean? That's some... That could creep me out. I'm creeped out by that. Just airing it. Next up, uh, the Nea Nakanatom. Uh, The story is a contemporary legend suggesting that Tai Mathui a fighter had beaten nine Bernese Lithuanian fighters in a row uh, with no rest period in 1767, ultimately winning his freedom from King Mangra in Burma. I don't know if that's real or not. And if it is, that's a great fucking underdog story. When any, whenever anybody can get their freedom in any way, I'm a happy person. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds good to me. I like it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I like uh, I like it. That, you like that? Yep. I support I like that. It. Yep. We're at mostly ghostly. We believe in freedom and mostly ghostly. We're big on that. We're big supporters of freedom, aren't we? Oh yeah, definitely. Hell yeah! All right. Next up, the Monkey Man of Delhi. Uh, he was a mysterious creature. Uh, or a criminal that was reported attacking locals near New Delhi in mid-2001. Most sources consider the monster an urban legend and a creation brought on from exaggerated media hysteria, often compared to the Spring-Heeled Jack epidemic um, during the Victorian times. Anybody that uh, doesn't know anything about the Spring-Heeled Jack you know, uh, folklore of the Victorian era, the first claimed sighting of a Spring Hill Jack was in 1837. Later sightings were reported all over the Great Britain and were especially prevalent in suburban London. It's kind of like their own version of Dracula in a weird way. Uh, he's like a weird Dracula-type figure. But uh, have, hey, do you know anything about the Monkey Man type deal? I don't know anything about the Monkey Man. I know that... Uh... If you're talking about India, not far off from China, yeah, they border each other. In China, part of their mythology, they have the monkey king. So mm. there's a mytho- there's a mythological aspect to the older Chinese mythology, and also um, like around a lot of the temples in India and that area, they don't kill they don't kill the monkeys. It's another life form. You can actually reincarnate into one. Yeah, um, they actually yeah. they actually feed them, so there's something that are fed that they live around the temples. Besides living in a forest, and I don't know if they're prevalent in that area of the world or not, but I know baboons down in Africa are uh, vicious and can kill a person. So yeah, sure. You've got different stories here that kind of can come all together with the older mythology current attitude towards what's lurking in the jungle stories about how baboons large monkeys can kill people 
you got something that can come together there and create a pretty good, uh, pretty good tale to tell. Right. Yeah, the monkeys. They had they had a little image of them, and they also they reminded me a lot. I remember when we were talking about when we talked about we thought Sasquatch could have been once. We were talking about like those two twins that were like um, the ape twins or something like that from nineties, like almost Ripley, believe it or not, fact or fiction, where it was these brothers that their they had fur all over their face like monkeys, like they went all the way up to their eyes and it was on their foreheads and stuff. So they yep. legitimately look like hairy, like werewolf people. You know what I mean? Well, the other thing is that uh, also, if you talk about the Himalayas, yeah, uh, which China borders one side, India is on the other side. And you've got uh, that Tibet, and you've got that whole area. That's supposed to be the the area, at least in the Himalayas, it's the Yeti, and they have yeah. another name for the one that actually is in the lowlands. So you have a furry beast that runs around there. Yeah. Yeah, so the Monkey Man of Delhi, it could be true. I think so. It's got some possibility there. I think it more of being like a like a like a situation of an abnormality than being a ghoul or monster. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something. Uh, also, you're talking with for a long while throughout history uh, in India. You also had the caste system. So you know, if you were lower caste and you were born with an uh, something wrong with you, <clears throat> you became an outcast. That was it. You were thrown out. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Next up is one I'd love to do an episode on, and that is, you You might recognize this one, Paul is dead. Uh, do you know what I'm going with right from that get-go? Nope. Um, are you a Beatles fan? Uh, was a little bit. So this was the um, this was the urban legend suggesting that Paul McCartney of the of the Beatles died in 1966 and then was replaced by a lookalike. Now this always sounded very far fetched, and then I watched some shit on it. It was very interesting. I don't know if I fully believe it, but it's definitely some interesting stuff. Where they they had pictures of this other guy that was kind of a a friend of the band somehow, and uh, he very much looked like Paul, which was interesting. And if if um, we're getting very Behold the Pill podcast here, but if um, for the Beatles to be making that much money and one of them did die, I wouldn't put it past whoever the power is to be in that decision-making process to say, hey, we're, we need to keep this ball moving, uh, throw somebody else in that position. And that's not to say and take anything away from the talent that was. It probably is because the, the, Paul, the Paul McCartney alive now that we know is still a talented dude. Um, unless he has the best, he could have the best songwriters and producers working for him, which he would. So it's really a toss up. You know what I mean? Um, it, it, it sounds far fetched, but like, it's almost worth getting into one of these days because it's a very interesting and fun conversation to have because it really, you know, that that's one of those ones that, you know, if the truth ever came out about that. Um, and I want to say that Ringo has said something about it, but it could just be very tongue-in-cheek because they are very tongue-in-cheek, you know what I mean? Even as old men, they act like little boys, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. They're, they're, I they're love the gonna, Beatles. I'm not giving hard times. They're not They're not going to grow up. Why should they? They don't have to. It, it'd be kind of cool to be involved with one of the biggest, you know, biggest uh, 
I don't know, whatever you whatever you'd call it, biggest like trickeries in the music business of all time. Uh, but yeah, that's an, that's interesting stuff. Well, that one there, you can uh, hold that for. You can hold that one, and you can also hold in mind that JFK is still alive and Elvis is still alive. JFK is, uh, I'd believe Elvis and I'd believe JFK. I mean, I wouldn't believe JFK. JFK, too many people wanted JFK dead. But I did, I heard, I heard Ray Booten was, was the actual, the guy who pulled the final trigger shot on JFK, put him out. Uh, but JFK also came from a very powerful family with old money. Maybe yeah, instead, of I, el- instead of eliminating them, they just move them out of the picture. Yeah, I agree with that, but I feel that, I feel that he he upset so many people at a higher place that they went to that family and said he needs to shut up or or do what he needs to do or something's going to happen. And he, the father told him and he, he, he was, he was rock and roll doing his own thing. And when they came back to the father the second time, they were, the father ain't going to go to war with other powers to be like him over his son, not doing what he's told. So I, I feel like the son, I feel like the father kind of didn't want to do it, but had to eventually say, you know what? He ain't listening to me. You guys do what you got to do. I think that's what happened with JFK. So that's how they kind of, I think that's how they got away with doing it to such a powerful family. Cause they were gigantically powerful, but like there's other powerful families around them that were like, you know, your boy needs to like fly straight here. And if he doesn't, you know what you got to do. You know, it's very possible the father, dude. I don't want to get too crazy in it, but it's possible the father even like could have made the could have like been in, in more involved than we thought, and you know, being like, yeah, you know, he's making ruckus, dude. Well, we can also I heard the father was was kind of an interesting guy like that. We can yeah. also keep it simple and ask the question: Who killed JFK? That that's a big one, and I got definite opinions on that. Yeah, but what, what's the, what's what's the next urban legend? The next <laughs> urban legend is Phantom P forty airplane pilot. Uh, it's uh, in, in its original form. The pilot is uh, a survivor of the nineteen forty one battle in the Philippines, who wages a one man war against the Japanese until his heavily damaged aircraft crashes in China. A modern variation is that he crashes after flying for, uh, from the Philippines to Pearl Harbor. I think that's just a hero story. Yeah, I agree. Um, next up is Polybius. Uh, Polybius is a fictional arcade game, the subject of, of an urban legend that emerged in the early 2000s. It had served as an inspiration for several free and commercial games by the same name. Now I'm familiar with in the movie. There's a movie called Nightmares. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Um, it's like a s- anthology film kind of. Uh, within it, there is a segment starring Emilio Estevez, um, and he, he's he's this big gamer in the arcade world. And like, there's this new game, and he's trying to beat it. Nobody can beat it. And like, he sneaks in at night, and he gets sucked into the game, and he has to try and like beat it from within type deal. But that's almost like the vibe I get whenever I see these video game type shits. Um, what's weird is I just I, I popped a picture of it and it was like very old school looking Nintendo style graphics to it, which I thought was very weird. Um, it is an arcade game, of course, but uh, 
it's newer supposedly, but it's made to be look like older. Uh, I don't know how it goes, but you know, I'm just gonna, you know, the legend story tells of an unheard video arcade game appearing in several suburbs of Portland, Oregon in 1981. Something uh, of a rarity at the time. The game is described as proving popular to the point of addiction, with the lines forming around the machines, often resulting in fighting over who would play next. Uh, the legend describes how the machines were visited by men in black who collected unknown data from the machines, allegedly testing responses for the game's psychoactive effects. Players supposedly suffered from a series of unpleasant side effects, including amnesia, insomnia, night terrors and hallucinations approximately one month after its supposed release in 1981 polybius is said to have disappeared without a trace the company named in most accounts of the game is sinoshin uh the word is described by writer brian dunning as not quite idiomatic german meaning sense delete or sensory deprivation these meanings are derived from sin meaning senses, and ocean, meaning to extinguish or to delete. Now, that's very fucking dark and twisted, and I believe this because, and I love this whole premise. If this is just a story, it's great, and if it's reality, it's dark as fuck. <laughs> but, like, I definitely believe with the video game turning into what it became, uh, especially in the 80s, whenever those kids were in the arcade, I could definitely see them rolling, you know, power dark powers that be rolling into town and like putting something in a video game to test on middle America type shit, you know, test their brains and see how they do things. I'm a big firm believer that video games are big with like prop, like mind propaganda and shit. Like those call of duty games are there to make people want to join the army and shit. Like, I think that that's a big I think that's in there. Like I, so I definitely know that they're twisting up minds using these games you know which is crazy but uh video games are gigantic they're huge they're um they're just as big as any other industry that's fucking a king you know what i mean so well, what do you think Ray? i don't doubt the government would do something it sounds completely in their nature i mean it was exposed at one time the cia actually released uh oh, LSD yeah. as a test. I know down south, if you go back uh, years, yeah. they claimed that they were giving a vaccine to a black population. Actually, they were um, injecting them with syphilis to see what the results were and how it spread. I know, terrible. So there's a dark side or dark groups within government. Yeah. And as big as video games are for them to turn around and use those arcades because I can remember them. I would go into them. Yeah. And I, I, I can remember them that, uh, yeah, that is completely plausible. That's, they definitely would, uh, they could, and they probably would do that. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's something that's a very interesting one. I get down with that. Cause, um, such a great, that's such a great like story. I believe it too. That's why it's so great. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Polybius. I dig it. Next up is a uh, sewer alligator. It's an urban legend based upon reports of an alligator sighting, uh, in a rather un un uh, in un unorthodox locations in particular, New York city. 
you know, this spawned a movie as well. Um, you know, the alligator movie and alligator Two: the mutation, I think it is. Um, but yeah, you always hear about this in snakes and stuff where people just have these pets that they don't want them anymore. So they get rid of them and they flush them down the fucking toilet and, you know, not realizing that they're creatures that can live in that thing. So they, you know, stay in the system or whatever, or go into the sewer like this. Um, and then they grow to be super big. That's how you get, you know, maybe find yourself with a 30 foot anaconda, uh, coming out of the sewer of some suburb, uh, that doesn't want no 30 foot anaconda in their backyard or, you know, New York alligators, you know, or, you know, Manhattan also had an issue with these mutated Ninja turtles at one point too. And a giant rat that was running around their sewers. But, um, yeah, so like th- th- this stuff's kind of freaky because it is realistic. I can see something like this happening. You know what I mean? What do you well, think? I've heard, bo- I've heard both sides of the story. One of them, um, the experts will say, oh, no, no, they couldn't live this far north. I actually saw a show one time where people went into the sewers down there uh, underneath the city where the temperature is not freezing even when it is above, this, uh, on the streets above. Yeah. And yeah. it is kind of warm. And uh, because a lot of water flowing through there, it's moist. And there's an atmosphere down there that could support a lot of different life. So anything flushed away. Excuse me. Bless you. Definitely would have a a chance of surviving. And I think that uh, would the alligators be plentiful? No. I don't believe there'd be a breeding stock, et cetera. But could one or two have survived over time? Definitely. Yeah. I'll hit the world with my own personal urban legend right here. I believe that all the toxic waste and garbage and shit that gets dumped into the ocean, um, there's like, like, like I bet there's deformed, crazy fucking crab creatures and shit like that, uh, uh, there's a movie that just uh, underwater that that movie came out and had these weird creatures in it. Had Cthulhu at the end. Spoiler alert! But um, I do these crab. I could only imagine what the fuck is at the bottom of the ocean. And they drop all they're dropping toxic waste, chemical fucking vats down there, and all types of bad news. You know what I mean? So, and that stuff leaks out onto these things, and they mutate and. That's horror movie stuff. You know, that's re- realistic. I, I, I always found that to be super creepy because we don't know what's in that deep, the deep depths. And like uh, the, the barrels would eventually explode, I think, at, at certain pressure. And uh, whatever's inside is now got a blanket, whatever's on the bottom, the true bottom of it, or a float around and whatever swims through is going to be touched by an angel. Touch forever. You know what I mean? And uh, the effects will be there. There will be effects to the treatment, right? But uh, so going back into reality for a little bit, the next one up is the shotgun man. Um, sounds very cool. Uh, and I don't think it's going to be Chuck Norris from the Hitman film. But, you know, the shotgun man is an urban legend of organized crime, I'm liking it already. Uh, as an assassin and a spree killer in Chicago, Illinois, a great place for, for mob life in the 1910s, to whom murders by black hand extortionists were attributed. Most notably, 
Shotgun Man killed 15 Italian immigrants from January 1st, 1910 to March 26th, 1911 at Death Corner, uh, the intersection of Oak Street and Milton Avenue, now Cleveland Avenue, in what was then Chicago's Little Sicily. In March 1911, he reportedly murdered four people within 72 hours. However, a check of the Northwestern University website on homicide in Chicago shows shotgun killings in Chicago, uh, but no one in January through March of 1911, and only one killing at Oak and one at Milton Streets between the 1900 and 1920s. So, yeah, I mean... I don't think there was anything supernatural about this one. I think this was more of just a local, like a legend of a dude that was a serial, like a mafia hitman type deal. I'll go. I'll go with that. It, it, yeah, more more of a legend, either a psycho or uh, a hitman. And you you could build that up if, let's say, the mob controlled that area and they wanted to keep people out. Put that legend and that story out there to scare people away. And I mean, respect and rest in peace to everybody that's dead. But, you know, I know 15 in one batch in the January through March and there was others. So, you know, that it's unfortunate those people passed away. But in the mob light and like a hitman life and a hitman career, that's not a lot of people for a hitman career. You know what I mean? So I don't think no. that dude was anything that would have stood out from anything else. I mean, the, some of the like, that, like fucking... Like the Iceman, you know what I mean? Uh, putting bodies away. Had to get extra refrigerators and shit, you know what I mean? Like, some serious stuff. So, yeah, I don't know why this one... Maybe it was just because it was so long. Uh, you know, I'm sure even in the in the beginning of the Mafia days, I'm sure there was probably even a, da- a time when people getting shot up was, like, pe- new to people, you know what I mean? And maybe that was the time of this. So where a, a dude running around blasting people with shotguns was like, oh, Shit, you hear about the shotgun man? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Just like Switchblade Johnny. You know about Switchblade Johnny? You don't pay him. You put no. the Switchblade in your, in your cheekbone, connects it to your neck bone, all in one swipe. Uh, gotta be careful, uh, Switchblade Johnny. Next one up is The Skeleton in a Tree. This is very Halloween sounding already. Um, the urban legend uh, is allegedly that after years, after the defeat of St. Clair in 19, uh, rather 1791 at Fort Recovery, Mercury County, Ohio, the skeleton of uh, Captain Roger Vandenberg was found in Miami County, Ohio, inside a tree, along with a diary. However, no one, uh, no one of his name was, was uh, a casualty of the 1791 battle. The story originated in 1864 from a Scottish novel. Well, it was kind of like a little, I don't know, I wasn't quite, uh, I was catching some BS on it, reading it. And then when it said it was based off a novel right there, it tells you it ain't real. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's my take on that, you know, the skeleton I, tree. Woo. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Someone took that story out of the book and then decided it would work well. And I think it was like every time anybody seen it was dark out and there was a weird branch that had like the arms. They were like, it's the skeleton in the tree. All right. Next up is somebody we've talked about, you know, recently. 
Um, the Slender Man. A Slender Man is a fictional character that originated as an internet meme created by something awful. Oh, I miss something awful. The good old days. Um, uh, by the, the something awful uh, forum user Victor Surge in 2009. We got to give him give him respected props. Uh, it is depicted as resembling a thin, unnaturally tall man with a blank and unusually featureless face and wearing a black suit. The Slender Man is commonly said to stalk, abduct, and traumatize people, particularly children. The Slender Man is uh, not tied to any particular story, but appears in many, uh, many, de- uh, many desperate works of fiction, mostly composed online. So yeah, this goes back to the creepy pasta thing where multiple stories of him and you know supposed sightings. I think the biggest one, the biggest like impact this had, it had a movie, but like you know the biggest tragic impact was I think a group of friends, female girls, uh, as if there was other, I guess, a group of uh, gals got together and they killed off one of their, one of their friends, like legitimately went through a killing her, I guess. I think they killed her. Maybe they didn't. Maybe it was attempted, but that was like the big thing with that, where they got the most noise with that occurrence. Do you remember anything about Slender Man when we were talking about him? Uh, not much. It's uh, an interesting creation. Yeah. Uh, some good stories afterwards, but I can't relate them to anything uh, in legend or lore that uh, would back it up besides it just being a story. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I think it's more just that creepypasta. Um, next up, we got Tiki Tiki. Tiki Tiki is the ghost of a young woman or a schoolgirl who fell on a railway line. This is very like uh, Toto there from before, I think, which resulted in her body being cut in half by a train. She uh, is an onryo or a vengeful spirit who lurks around urban areas and train stations at night. Since she no longer has her lower extremities, she travels on either her hands or elbows. Um, whoo, that's, that's beautiful. That's hard. The Japanese, only the Japanese can give you, which I appreciate. Um, dragging her upper torso and making a scratching of tiki tiki like sounds. Uh, if she encounters a potential victim, uh, she will chase them and slice them in half at the torso with a Sith or other weapon. Now, I, the last sentence pulled me away from liking that one because if she's got, if she's got, if she's, if she doesn't have legs, how's she going to? Where's she taking this Sith from? You know what I mean? Like, where's she grab? Where's she? How? She, I just don't like. I if she was more, I think the, the the story would be creepier if it was more of a. She don't chop you in half, but she she crawls after you, and if she catches up with you, she crawls up, she crawls up your body type deal and like strangles you or something insane, something that you don't want to deal with. You know what I mean? You don't want to get you know Sith in half as well, but. That just don't even see that. That seems so like when you get to the point of that, that it turns into such a video game of unreality that it's almost like, get out of here, get out of here with your Sith, get out of here. What do you take? What's your take on that one? Uh, yeah, I agree. There's uh, they lost me at near the end. Uh, the idea of being cut in half and crawling—that's uh, 
common death horror horror theme. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in my mind, I'm over there going, okay, unless this thing comes up behind me and catches me by surprise. Yeah. I could stand there, let it almost get up to me, take a few steps back and go, nah, nah, and then wait for it to crawl a bit more. (laughs) Take a few steps back and go, nope, not yet. Come on. Try and catch me. Dance around while that thing's dragging itself across the ground. And then how is it going to pick up a weapon to cut you in, like you said, to cut you in half? It, it can't. It can't do it. So the story falls apart. They did pretty good at the beginning, but they started uh, I, off strong. Yeah, I, it's it's story. I don't think there's much behind it. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. They did start strong, though. I, I give them that. Like they created a creepy situation, but it was almost like they were trying. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna critique whoever the writer is. Uh, he did a bad job, though. But um, next up is The Babysitter and The Man Upstairs. This is a very famous one. This might be the very first urban legend I ever heard. I remember being very young and hearing about this one. And the funny thing about hearing about it is hearing about it. You know the, how everybody knows somebody who, who encountered it? That type of deal, what makes it an urban legend, that's how I heard it. Like, I heard it like, did you hear about this? Um, and that, that one is, uh, you know... The urban legend dates back uh, to the 1960s about a teenage girl babysitting children who received telephone calls from a stalker who continually asked her to check on the children. Um, to go, I to go a little further with it. Um, you know, there's a movie called "I Think Someone's Watching You," um, or uh, it came from the house or something like that. It, the call came from the house or something. Um, but, uh, I think there was even a sequel to it, but back to th- this, uh, this, yeah, but as a kid, I always heard the, you know, when, like at the point where my mom was still babysitting that young, like I was fucking really young and her friends were babysitting and stuff. And I heard, a, heard a story about how somebody was at, um, one of her babysitter friends was babysitting and there was somebody calling her up giving her hard times on the phone and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And saying that they were like watching the house and they were coming to get her like weirdo stuff, you know, a stranger calls. That's what it was. And then a stranger calls back. That's what the movies were. Um, But yeah, the story even goes further into like, I think with the movie, they dive further where she, she calls the cops or the operator and says, you know, Hey, this guy keeps calling my house, calling the house. I'm here with the kids. Um, you guys are going to do something about it. You know, I'm scared. And they said, you got to trace the call and go get him. And like, she's on the phone and they're like, all right, we're tracing the call right now. And then there's the big, Whoa! when they go, we got the phone call. We got the phone number, but the, but the calls are coming from the upstairs bedroom of, of the house you're in right now with the children. And then they, uh, it's a big freak out moment. Great scare, like a great scare. Um, it's like one of those, those, like those scares that I think everybody kind of remembers. And it's like a weird, it's like a weird one that like, uh, touches everybody in like a certain way, I think, cause they can, they can relate. But, uh, like, cause I remember just like putting that thing, well, like the first time I heard that with the, he's in the upstairs bedroom and just being like, Ooh, you know what I mean? Like when you feel that people that like to be scared when you get that, 
ooh, that real when you really feel that 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 edginess of the fear, you go ooh, like because you can feel it in your bones. I'm sure Ray, you can kind of relate a little bit. You know what I mean? I know you're not f- scared too often, but when you get that that the the energy because you get the adrenaline rush of the fear. You know what I mean? So like when you f- Woo, get that little creep out. You can actually f- you feel like a little woo, you know what I mean? And I remember catching that for that moment. Very nice, you know what I mean? Um, do you remember, like, right, when you were a teenager, you know, did you know of any friends that were female that did the babysitting thing that, like, you know, had the urban legend of this going around of, did you hear what happened to Mary? You know, that type deal? Uh, no, I didn't hear any of that. Myself and my friends, we used to make prank calls to give people trouble. Oh, you were the but, guy doing it. Okay, all right. Yeah, I, I, I was the guy doing it, but it was uh, <laughs> usually calling up stores with stupid, uh, stupid things. You call up, you go call up a store, and you said you have Prince Albert in a can, and they'd oh, say yeah. yes. Yeah, let him out. I mean, really stupid stuff like that. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, as far as prank calls, scary calls, stuff like that. Um, that could have generated that legend a lot. Yeah. Also, if you have some, if you go far enough back and you have a really creepy person, you go back to when they were party lines and you didn't have a sold out dedicated line, that would be a way to get to people also. Yeah. Yeah, true. That is true. You know, but yeah, that's one of those world famous ones. You know what I mean? That's right up there. There's a couple that we tapped into today that was just straight up like out of the like like the Hall of Fame of urban legends. And I think that's one of those Hall of Fame urban legends right there. For me at least. What do you think? You think so? It's right up there? Yeah, it's up there. In like the in the halls of like history of urban legends, it's a higher one up there. Um next up we have the spider bite or the red spot. This one sounds familiar. Um, modern urban legend that uh, emerged in Europe during the 1970s. It features a young woman who was bitten on the cheek by a spider. The bite swells into a large boil and soon bursts open to reveal hundreds of tiny spiders escaping from her cheek. I believe this was also like, um, in like one of those scary stories to tell in the dark type books I, I read as a kid, I want to say. It's very right there, right there with that feel. Yeah, it, it, it's got that feel, and it plays on a good fear of like something incubating its eggs inside you. And uh, people, are, a lot of people don't like spiders at all, so it works as a good scare story. Do you think it was a metaphor for acne to a teenager? Uh, I don't know. That's kind of interesting, or telling them not to get pregnant. Yeah, that could be true, too. Interesting, interesting. Because, yeah, I mean, no teenager wants fucking anything grown out of their cheek or in their belly. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And to go back to the thing we always kind of bring up, it's like, why would... Because we do take that stance of like, yeah, you know, it sounds like something a parent would tell a kid to get them not to do something crazy. And uh, so it's fun to take that approach at it. And I think that, you know, that's almost comes off what that would be like. You know what I mean? That's kind of extreme to tell a kid not to pop that zit. <laughs> well, I mean, that could be it too right there, you know, not to go deep into the acne part of it because, yeah, they say don't pop them because you get the scars and stuff. That's like a, I don't know, that uh, I don't know if I'd call it old wives' tale or whatever because it's probably true or whatever, but, uh, 
you know, that's one of those things they've always said. So they would say, don't pop because you're going to want to go up. But they'd say, nah, don't do it. And if you do it, fucking spiders are going to come out of that. And nobody wants to deal with spiders. You know what I mean? Some people do. Um, next up, we have the Vanishing Lady, a.k.a. Vanishing Hotel Room. And uh, I want to add an a.k.a. that a Vanishing Lady and a Vanishing Hotel Room are two completely different things. I don't know why there's an a.k.a. there. Um, but during an international exposition in Paris, a daughter leaves her mother in a hotel room. When she comes back, her mother is gone, and the hotel staff claims to have no knowledge of the missing woman. It is later revealed that the mother was dying of plague and uh, fearing for the negative impact on the hotel's public image, the staff just disposed of the mother, uh, redecorating the room and pretending as if nothing happened. Inspiration for the movie So Long at the Fair, based upon a turn-of-the-century Philadelphia newspaper story. Yeah, so this one's one of those ones that it's not completely outrageous to think that a hotel would do that to save reputation. Think of it now with COVID. Like like with COVID, you know, it takes, I mean, stores probably have to see dead bodies and real, real fucking, real proof of, of, of trouble to shut down the door, you know, to try to close down. To me, it stretches it a bit when the hotel even goes to the point of redecorating. Where did that kid go and for how long? that they can get rid of the body, redo the whole room, change their books and say, oh, never heard of her. I wonder if they, I wonder if they admitted to knowing about the girl, because that's just, it's funny. That's very funny that they would. Well, I assume to the girl, they probably said, yeah, your mother, you know, she passed or whatever. And it was one of those, you know, maybe they, they had her sign a a paper saying she wasn't going to talk about it. And then they, Maybe by re, you know, remodeling it, maybe they just meant they tore out all the fucking, all the shit that could have been contaminated by her, which I'd hope they'd do. And, uh, cause she had the plague, supposedly. Like, what the hell? Like, realistically, I probably burnt that fucking building down if she had the plague, right? And, um, yeah, so definitely get everything out of there and, and then go about business as if it never happened, like Disney World would, you know what I mean? Uh, supposedly, Disney World would do that. I, I can only speculate. <clears throat> yeah, I got my doubts about that one. But uh yeah, the vanishing lady. It could also there could be there could be many reasons for people to vanish, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. We have one more vanish, vanishing person here and that's the vanishing hitchhiker. Uh or variations such as the ghostly hitchhiker, the disappearing hitchhiker and the phantom hitchhiker or simply the Hitchhiker. Uh, the story is an urban legend in which people traveling by vehicle meet with or are accompanied by a hitchhiker who subsequently vanishes without explanation, often from a moving vehicle. Vanishing hitchhikers have been reported for centuries, and the story is found across the world with many variants. The popularity and endurance of the legend has helped it spread into popular culture. Now, Ray... We're very close to a haunting that has a has a, a very famous story of a redheaded hitchhiker that um, inhabits the Bridgewater Triangle. Are you familiar with the, the redheaded hitchhiker? A little bit. I mean, if, but if you're talking about 
a spirit or a ghost getting into a car and then disappearing. I can totally believe that. Oh yeah, that's the you know there's I got a great I got a great book I'm going to have you read on the Bridgewater Triangle one of these days after I finish it up. Uh, I read it once through, but and then I bought it. I read it. I actually rented it from the library years ago and read it. It was a great book. Did some research for this upcoming The Wicked Hollows film. Um, and then I bought the book just to have in case, because, you know, I don't really hit the library that much anymore, unfortunately. But um, the redheaded hitchhiker is a hitchhiker that we go, you're going down. I'm real. It's really unfortunate. I can't remember what route it is right now, but um, it's one of the routes in the triangle. And supposedly you see him on the side of the road and he's got the red, red, big red beard and stuff. And um, you, he's been known to, you can either pick him up and he'll sit in the back of your car and he doesn't really say anything. And once you start driving, he'll start to laugh. Um, and then you, then you, you know, creep you out. And then you, when you freak out, he kind of disappears. And then there's the thing about how, if you just cruise by him and don't pick him up, that he'll just randomly appear in your back seat, and you'll just be cruising and doing your deal. And you'll just, no, you'll look in your mirror and you'll realize there's a redheaded hitchhiker dude in your back seat and he laughs at you and um, eventually he disappears. But, you know, the laughing's a big thing where you can hear him, where you'll just be by yourself, I guess, and you can hear him laughing. But there's a whole bunch of different stories of, of, of people seeing him and dealing with that. You know what I mean? within the triangle. And it's interesting to hear that it's all over the place too. That whole, the whole hitchhiker deal. And what I assume the dude probably got killed was, was hitchhiking or walking down the road and got clipped and uh, didn't quite make it. That's gotta be my take on why these hitchhikers are, are ghostly mostly. Well, you also, you can take a look at the fact that the person died. Now, they're hitching a ride because they're still on their journey. The reason they disappear is the spirit is attached to where they died. And before they can escape, they're drawn back to where they died. So they disappear when in the car. They're constantly trying to continue on, not realizing they're dead, maybe. The spirit is. And that's why it enters the car. But as it gets farther away, it's drawn back to that point on the road where they passed. Yeah. I'd, I'd say that that's workable. That that's believable. I want. I wonder if it, if any of it goes deeper than just being killed there, because a lot of people, probably, you know, a lot of a lot of people have been killed on the streets throughout life, throughout the time. You know what I mean? I wonder if there's any more like other crucial details under the surface that uh, you know counteract it. Could be. Uh, it could be how desperate they were to get somewhere, which is why they keep on trying to travel. I think that's big with it, too, or the mood they were in when it happened type deal. You know, maybe they were go had a lot of lot on their mind emotionally. Maybe they were super angry, super sad, or something like that. Maybe super happy. And then, you know, that emotion is just, boom, clipped out at that moment. But the emotion was still high. So, like, he goes out on that high thing, and he's, he's still attempting to get there. But... At least with this, the Bridgewater Triangle hitchhiker, he's 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 said to be very like um, almost aggressive and like mean spirited. With uh, like his laughter is definitely there to scare you. So it's either he either has a very dark sense of humor or he's there to be you know 
draw up negative energy? I'd say draw energy. Yeah. Trying to steal your steal your energy, taunting you. I don't think the Bridgewater Triangle ghost wants to leave. Yeah. No, well, there's many there. Um, you know, I think that was a ley line, too. We're going to get into that eventually one of these episodes. Um, I think it's got to be something like that, which why why that why that triangular air stretch of land is is you know has all that energy, all that negative energy around it. So, did you have any any of these urban legends? Did any of these really uh, float your boat more than other ones? Did you have any favorites popping off that you could remember? Well, the la- the last one. Uh, yeah, you like uh, that one? I like that one. I can understand it very well. Yeah, there's a couple of the others where, where um, if you're talking about the Japanese one, the girl haunting the bathroom. I thought probably, that was cool. Yeah, the teachers probably killed there. Yeah. The, the the teacher that was haunting the schools. That I was think fun that was, too. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one there. And right, I think there's something potentially behind all those that could really, uh, really justify or make them more than just a legend. Yeah, there was a. I skipped over a couple that were kind of ridiculous. Um, I think I did. We skipped over Men in Black, you know, the Men in Black conspiracy, you know. Um, that's more of a Behold the Pill podcast deal, but I'll mention it in the end. You know, I, I felt like we were cruising. I was trying to keep a pace, so I cut a couple out. But, you know, the Men in Black theory claiming the men, men dressed in black suits uh, from the government come to harass and threaten people who witness, you know, alien abductions and such like that. Keep them quiet. Um, I I do believe that, that that there's an agency that does do that stuff. I mean, big corporations have it. The government would have it too. You know what I mean? If you yep. get you you lose your arm at Disney World, uh, the the men in purple or whatever color they're rocking over there show up and say, "Hey, you need to sign this paper, take this check, and forget this happened." And uh, I feel like the government and whoever else uh, in, in any state of big power like that have have those people that come out and do the do for you. So I do believe the men in black are, you know, a tr- probably a tr- more realistic urban legend than we like to believe. Your thoughts? I think there's something to them, yes. I don't think they're just a legend. Allegedly, they're a legend. Um, Melody is Dead was another one. Um, and Melody is this uh, Spanish singer that I guess supposedly died in a plane crash, but uh, was still alive or whatever. I think that they were trying to t- do do like a Paul is dead type deal with her. Um, younger audiences might appreciate her more. That's my guess. So maybe she's a big deal to teenage girls or something. Um, I, I highly doubt that her music's had the impact of the Beatles, but she got her own is dead section like Paul did too. So she must be doing something right. Now, uh, when you say, when you say melody, you talk talking, is that her name? That's her name. That's like the name, like as an artist. Uh, oh yeah. Are you, were you talking about, uh, what, when the music died? No, I'm talking little play on words. Not a good one, but a little, I like it. I like it. Well, I got melody too. melody productions. Producer extraordinaire, friend of the Boombastic family. Um, 
the melody. I, I'm I'm surprised there's no Selena little uh, urban legend type deal. It's almost like the melody thing. I thought the melody thing was gonna be like the Selena thing who got killed by her, the president of her fan club, and there's got to be some type of haunting with that because to be, you know, the, the not only being on top of your world and being gunned down in the in 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 in, in the peak of your life, not even not not only your career but the peak of your life, but to be d- done by someone that was filled with so much bitter and jealousy and shit, all that negative energy. That had to have created some type of. There's got to be lingerings of that, you know what I mean? There's got to be stuff left from that. That was such a big negative thing, you know what I mean? I mean, murder is terrible as is, but when you have all that, you know, all that extra emotion with it and stuff, that's where I think I think a lot of, a lot of like the weird, a lot of those weird things you get. Like I wouldn't be surprised if 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 you get there's a lot of cold winds in the area where that happened you know you stand there and on a hot day you feel a little chill in your bones you know what i mean um did could you think of any other urban legends that didn't make this list not off the top of my head i probably will later on that's the way my mind works that's how mine works too but yeah you know i remember there was uh there was an urban legend that wasn't in this about uh that was in the movie about um, there was this uh, this old dude or whatever, or some like no brain person that their their dog went out in the rain and uh, got wet, and they thought it would be all right to put it in the microwave to dry it off. And then, uh, you know, I, I can tell by the look on your face immediately you knew that that was a bad idea. Yeah, and it got it got ugly. It got ugly real quick. A whole new dish, a whole new definition for hot dog. I heard a story recently, uh, passed down story of um, somebody saying that when they were a kid that they put their hamster in the microwave and they like described what they seen, like the reality of what actually happens. And it was horrifying. It was too much to even say on mostly ghostly. It'll burn. I don't want to burn out the brains and the memories of uh, our fans, Ray. Or you, I bet you can handle it. But that's so that was it was ugly it was an ugly it was an ugly thing um yeah ray so you know with, with that being said <clears throat> this was the the second part to our uh, extravaganza as we were leading up into this is all of our urban legend talk um and uh yeah you know this saturday will be this Saturday we'll be dropping our big Halloween extravaganza Boombastic Media Halloween episode with Mostly Ghostly, Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie, the Boombastic cast, Behold the Pale podcast. We got a bunch of cool Halloween-themed segments going on. Um, we got a bunch of cool guests coming through. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're hoping to make this a yearly traditional thing. Um like I was talking to Mel the other night on the show of, uh, of of the shock treatment, I said, hey, you know, a lot of bad things came with 2020, but you know, all the we, we wouldn't be doing as much podcasting stuff and shows, you know, who, who, if you know, without the the slowdown of the 2020 deal, so to speak. 
which is interesting because none of our every all of us are still our, our lives haven't changed in any ways. You know what I mean? With with with, with the except for like wearing masks, like we still do the jobs and stuff like that, and go do whatever errands we need to do and all that deal. Um, but uh, yeah, so well, twenty twenty. What can you do? One thing about that Halloween special, there's a bonus in there. If you usually listen only, you'll get to see that cast of characters, including me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. That's how we do it. You know what I mean? So uh, with that being said, you know, I know me and me and Ray want to wish everybody out there a happy Halloween. Um, we'll catch you all in the next episode and definitely pop over onto the Boombastic Media YouTube page and, um, watch it. You'll, you, uh, the video will be up there. We'll be sharing it and stuff. It'll be all over the pages and such. And, uh, check it out. It'll be a lot of fun. You know what I mean? Surprises, all types of fun, cool stuff, you know, go support, uh, all the shows at once. Keep making it easy for everybody to support. You know what I mean? You want to say anything else to the folks, Ray? Uh, well, it kind of goes with Halloween is keep your spirits up. Hey, I like it. I dig that. But don't have too many spirits and ex- don't have spirits and drive, everybody. That's what we're trying to tell the world. Yep. Be safe. Be safe. Be jolly. And we'll catch you all on the next episode of Mostly Ghostly. Ghostly. <laughs>